Want to help keep the lights on in Anarchy Basement? Then go to PRLfans.com. There you can find links to Patreon, PayPal, our Bitcoin info, and other ways to help support the podcast. Now, enjoy the show. Hello, I'm Matt Bergman, and you are listening to the Punk Rock Libertarians podcast, episode 314. I'm here tonight with none other than my homeboy, Jared Schneiderman. What up, dude? And my nigga, James Babs. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 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 And, and, and Ginger Christensen. Hi. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for coming on tonight, guys. Like, y- you guys rock. Um, I'm having a blast. And, uh, like, right off the bat, I'm going to say I'm fucked up. And then, we couldn't uh, tell, dude. Okay, so we're going to talk about, like... Uh, Professionalism. C- yeah, okay. We're going to talk about CDC evictions. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about it, Ginger. <laughs> I'll tell you about it. So apparently they're doing a thing with the CDC. Um, and I think Trump has a hand in this, but they got the CDC to work around to make it so landlords can't do evictions, and I think that's till December. Um. And that's, in some way, that's kind of great for people that are definitely facing that because that other stimulus didn't happen and we've all been forced into lockdown. But the problem with it is that the landlords have no way of recouping their losses. So for something like a very large company, like out-of-country and out-of-state investors, that are buying up properties all over the place. That doesn't hurt them so much. It hurts a bit. Um, but for small landlords that are just paying a mortgage and renting out, you know, to also purchase a place or to improve their status in life, they're going to end up losing that to the bank. And that's just the thing is that the bank then will be able to pick up all of these properties because people have lost their mortgage, they've defaulted on the payment, and so what we really have is a really big redistribution of wealth again. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's the thing. People think that when the people think of like landlords, they think of this fat cat rich guy that's sitting on you know a hundred different properties, and that guy does exist, but that this isn't going to hurt that guy. That guy's going to be like, well, that sucks. Who it's going to hurt is the you know, just the regular person that happens to rent out a, a, a an old house or, and it's going to hurt the people that are living in that house currently yeah. because well, if I the mean, bank comes and takes yeah, but, that house away, where the fuck are those people going to live? So yeah, now, but, like you said, hold on, let me finish, Matt. Okay, but I'm so, just saying, like, the important thing is, like, any cost that the government puts on landlords is ultimately going to be a passed on renters, right? Exactly. Of course. Who else, yeah, exactly. Who else is going to pay for that? That's where, that's where all, everything comes from. And if it's yeah, the harder it is to rent, but the higher rents get, and then people complain about like, oh, I can't afford my rent. Oh, I can't, you know. Oh, and then they're going to blame some kind of um, gentrification or something for high rents. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, and you're yeah, just going to make these these true. large fat cat companies that you're so worried about. Those are the ones who are going to gobble up all these properties that just go to yeah. liquid. 
Oh, and it'll be it'll be a big uh, bin, uh, win for the banks, right? It's like, yeah, of course. Like, well, remember there was this whole there's a whole social movement about like when this like months ago started about like don't pay your rent, you know, solidarity for renters and stick it to the landlord and we're not you know rent strike 2020, right? You all saw that stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and uh and i thought that was pretty funny i'm like yeah that'll be great like it'll be really you know if you if you're successful you, your bank will be the one evict you know the landlord's bank will be the one evicting you instead of the landlord good job you know exactly because like, it's like he'll get repossessed you know it'll be sold they're still getting evicted right but what yeah, but at least you put a landlord out of business way to go <laughs> you know like yeah but these are the people that say rent is theft. So to them, well, I guess that's this is just fair. <laughs> yeah, some of them for sure, these, yeah. These are the people that want more taxes, but rent is theft? I mean, how does that work? <laughs> they don't really explain it beyond the slogan. So uh, yeah, I think they don't really have the comprehension beyond the slogan because when you break it down mathematically, here's what happens. The same people running the Fed right now are the people that stand to benefit from this the most because they are the banks. The banks, the consortium of banks that run the Federal Reserve that get to decide how to print our money, right? So we have them and these consortium of banks also own most all of the mortgages in the whole country. And so when you do this, they can just simply take it back from your landlord. and. That means they just got billions. They just got billions in free properties. And like you were saying, people will blame gentrification when they go through and redevelop those properties into more expensive properties that now the people that were living in these spaces that couldn't pay their rent cannot afford to live now. You're better off. I mean, even, even if they don't redevelop them, it's just there's less properties because they've all been right. repossessed. So and, now well, the and, cost, and supply, and demand. The, and think about the incentives for new developers. Like, say I have a bunch of lots in a in a shitty neighborhood in Philly, okay, which is most of Philly, okay. <laughs> but but I was thinking to myself, you know what I'd like to do is I'd like to build some rental units on these lots that I bought. Right now they're just collecting garbage and 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 uh, junky needles. Right. But I really want to put like these units in. Oh, but now it turns out the treasury can just come in and tell me I can't evict people like that's going to really raise my cost. You know what? I'm just going to leave even it. the treasury. It's the CDC. Right. Like, but it's yeah. well, for somehow it's the treasury secretary that has been commenting on it. I'm not huh. really exactly sure how this works. Something and it might also be tied into the CARES Act and people that received a stimulus check and it's and it's like income tested and like th this whole shit reeks so bad, like yeah. it just stinks, 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 and um, and people. I mean, anybody that goes along with this is just some kind of a chump. Seriously, uh, I, I I can't even believe they're trying this. Hmm. Well, and a lot of neo socialists are. I have a really good socialist friend that was explaining that to me, how they are so annoyed with what they call neo-socialism because they're not doing it right. Because um, as much as I don't necessarily agree with socialism, they were explaining that the point is to make it evensies for everybody, not for certain people to just live off of a system. They were talking about stuff like this, about how 
when you go through and do that without taking care of the big corporations first and making sure they don't profiteer, then this is exactly what happens, that it just only hurts um, the poor people, and that's not what socialism is supposed to be about. So he was talking about this new wave of socialism. They just really don't get it, that he feels it's very tone deaf, and that um, as much as he supported Sanders, he also felt like Sanders was kind of spearheading that whole thing of, let's do socialism wrong, you know? And, and you do try to explain to some of these people, like, you know, here's the problem with the thing you're trying to get happen. And I get that you think that everybody's evil for not wanting that or they're just greedy. But the thing is, what they actually don't want is to be dying in the streets. <laughs> yeah. Totally. All right. Um, what else we got, Matt? I don't know, Jared. Okay, so... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to have to be running this ass by the end of it. No, I don't even have it. I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking with you, my Jew. <laughs> Dude, okay, so okay, so for me like this week I've been like researching my ancestry, right? And this is kind of like something I want to talk about because this is what I'm most into right now. You're you know? black. Admit it. it so, you found out you're black. No. I figured this meant he's been hanging out with Mormons. No, like I've been are researching my... Are you Aryan? I've been researching my ancestry online, okay? And then, like, what I've always known since I was a kid was that my grandfather, who was uh, Gilbert Bergman, he was born in 1910. He died in 1983. And uh, he died when I was three years old. And when I was three years old, he was my favorite person in the world. Like, I actually remember him from when I was three years old. And uh, I, I, I missed him ever since then, and now I'm 40. And uh, so, but uh, the thing with my grandfather is ever since I was a kid, I've known that, like, my grandfather's father died when he was really young, and he was an orphan. And uh, he had he had three siblings, as far as I know, and uh, they were all orphans too. And I found out recently when his great when my great grandfather died, he actually left like some money, and he put it aside. And uh, like apparently, the people he left the money to to take care of his family ran off with the money, and they just like uh, set his kids off to the orphanage, and Whoa. then. Yeah, exactly. Harsh. So, like, three out of the four kids were in the orphanage. The fourth kid was 18, but she wasn't in the position to take care of the other three kids. And, and she had just gotten married. So, uh, apparently, my grandfather went to the orphanage. And then he escaped from the orphanage. And yeah. Then he, and then he lied about his age to join the military. Oh. I believe he joined the <laughs> Marines for a period. And then after that, he went to the Coast Guard. But, you know, like uh, my grandfather, like right now I'm using a table that my grandfather built for, with his bare hands. I'm, I've got my grandfather's workbench in, here, in, in my house right now. So, I also have my grandfather's workbench. 
That's fucking awesome, dude. And it's like, I feel so good using that, knowing that my grandfather built this shit, dude. And when I was three standing years old, your, you're standing your bog on there, <laughs> chopping like, up your weed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, he's my fucking hero, dude. And you've been here, you've been here and you've used this bench a bunch it's of times. It's a great bench, dude. Exactly. Yeah. On the bench. It's fucking awesome, dude. Grandpa imagine if your grandfather built that and you got to use yeah. it every day yeah you'd be like fucking awesome dude yeah no i'm, so, I'm excited for you well yeah like you know look at how many other kids he inspired to escape the orphanarium you know i mean well i mean like my, my grandfather has always had some like extraordinary stories that came along with him okay so and this is like some fucking tom sawyer shit but, <laughs> like, like, apparently when, when he was like 10 years old he was like, uh, this is when he was an orphan or something, and he was trying to get a job as a fisherman, right? And the fisherman said he wouldn't hire him. So apparently he he uh, drew a shotgun on the fisherman, and then, then the fisherman ended up hiring him after he pulled him at gunpoint. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, dude, but it's fucking crazy. But, uh, In that case, I've reconsidered. And hey, turns hey, out you're an excellent yeah, candidate. I mean, yeah, First mate, come aboard, it was, sir. It was one of those crazy things, dude. And then I like your gumption and, <laughs> and your firepower. You're okay, hired. okay. Here's one of the other things. Okay, so like my, my great grandfather, who spelt his name, his name was Eric Bergman, but he spelt it E R I C K Bergman. He had a fishing business in Mississippi. And apparently he would catch some like sort of like huge big ash fucking fish that had like caviar seeds inside of it. And, and, and they would ship the caviar to like New York. So this guy was like Sturgeon. fucking loaded. Wait, I, like, I don't know what kind of fish he was catching. I'm not sure. The eggs. <laughs> yeah. So he was catching caviar and sending it to New York. So the, the guy was like fucking loaded. But at any rate, like he died. And uh, his wife died a, a little while before him. And his wife actually left Mississippi because a couple of their children apparently drowned on the Mississippi River as like young children. They found their way to the river and they drowned. That's wow. Yeah. So, so she left because she couldn't handle being by the river. And he stayed. So when she left, she moved back to Arkansas. Her name was Cora Lee Shepard. She moved back to Arkansas, and apparently she died. And then not much longer after that, my great-great-grandfather, Eric Bergman, died. And then apparently he left money to somebody to take care of his children, but they um, fucking ditched the kids at an orphanage and split with the money. Wow. So, yeah. so how did you find out all this information? I mean, I found out like some some of this stuff I've known since I was a little kid. Some of this stuff I found out yesterday. Yesterday, you know. How did you find it out? What, what websites did you use? I mean, I I've been using like ancestry.com and uh fucking let me look it up. Did you pay for all this? No, like with ancestry.com, you like kind of sign up for ancestry.com and yeah. then they 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 I think in like two weeks. It just weeks. happens to share the same s server with the CIA in Utah. That's just okay. a coincidence. <laughs> Maybe, but okay. So like, and if you don't cancel in two weeks, they start to charge you like 20 bucks a month or something. But the, the so website. you just got to hoard all the data you can in two weeks. Now the website I've been using a lot, which is free, which is apparently um, affiliated with the uh, Mormons. 
is FamilySearch.org. Yeah. FamilySearch.org. Yeah. How so, did the Mormons have all this information on us? Well, I mean, uh, like a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that I was able to verify was because of like the census. So they did the census like uh, every ten years, right? Yeah. And if, if people do their due diligence and register with the census, you can look people up. That's kind of cool that our great, 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 great grand whatever descendants won't see us because we didn't fill out the goddamn census. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, but, but they will I have mean, like digitally preserved podcasts that they can review that that's prove true. we existed. I mean, maybe, but I we'll mean, have a lot of like content. James Babb, James Babb, <laughs> we're probably going get, to get deleted. No matter what platform that we're recording this podcast on, eventually they're going to say that we were too offensive and they're probably going to like, delete us anyways right? and if they don't delete you you're just not trying hard enough exactly right? yeah that's what i'm saying dude but you know no, what fuck we it, need man. To be, you know what if this content was deemed worthy and I'm, I'm not saying it is but let's just say you're involved in some other podcast where like people really cared about so, the quality for instance and you wanted to make sure it was always out there then you could do something like uh interplanetary file system uh, you know, some kind of distributed sharing scheme to make sure that the content remains um, available into the future. Well, okay. So, you know, one thing that makes me feel kind of good. So I'm researching my grandfather's brother. His name was Clarence Bergman and he lived in Mississippi and, and apparently he had a child who was also named Clarence Bergman. But I can't find much information on him on these websites because it seems like he never registered for the census. It seems like he was just like, oh, fuck the government. Nice. <laughs> and he like, I mean. That's where I mean, all your cool like, ancestors like, are. It's nice. You it makes me feel good. It, it, makes, it makes my cock tingle. It makes it harder for me to like research my family. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So you're like kind of mad, but you're not that mad. I'm, I'm kind of mad, but I'm kind of like respect, you know? Yeah. Well, I've I've kind of a, a fan of uh, my ancestor Philip Babb, who in the 1600s was some kind of a possible pirate, possible cod fisherman, depending on your perspective. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, he had some. He had seemed to have some good adventures uh, in the, in the like 1630s. So. Um, he at one point did his his little colony did at one point shift islands just to avoid paying Massachusetts taxes. They're like Massachusetts. Came in, Massachusetts came in and said, "Yeah, that island you're on, we want we we now you owe us because you're are on that." And they're like, "Oh yeah, well what about that island? Do you own that one?" And they're like, "No." And they're like, "All right, <laughs> they moved the whole town over there." So taxation is theft. Now I know where you get it. <laughs> no matter what time period, it, it's a, it's a classic. <laughs> well, I mean, like it's been really interesting for me researching my ancestry, and it's like the farthest I've been able to go back thus far, and I've only been doing this for like fucking like two days, is my uh, great grandfather who was born in 1865 in Sweden. In Sweden? Yes, he was born in Sweden. And okay. apparently his, his last name was Erickson when he was born. And then yeah. he, he came to America with at least like two brothers or more. And they were living in a Swedish colony in Wisconsin. 
and their last name was Erickson. But apparently during that time, it was apparently the male was like really confused. So he changed his name to Bergman. So my great grandfather changed his name from Eric Erickson to Eric Bergman. During Wait, that wasn't time. Eric Erickson the uh, wasn't he like the Viking guy? Was yeah, that Leif Erickson? yeah, but it, but it turns out it was because he owed somebody money and he was I mean, trying to get away. Like, like, <laughs> dude, like I don't know. I mean, for, know, all, Eric for all I know, my, my grandfather was a criminal and he changed his name to evade the law. I don't <laughs> know. What, like, he was no, a known pedophile and he was being hunted, you know. James Bad, please. <laughs> My, my point is that the real story would be so psychologist you really knew, right? Like, you know, we, we get these little bitty tidbits of information, but like, what, did, what were they really doing? Who the hell knows? It so, might be really well. dull because Scandinavians um, would ch usually change their name every generation. So all of the kids would change their name to whatever their father's name was. So, Ericsson just means his father's name was Eric. <laughs> See, Eric's right, yeah. son. My and last name is Initially, I know, I know that's how it works. Yeah. yeah, and so there's that. So it might have been a really dull reason. And not only that, like anytime you've maybe done something particularly heroic or you've become like king or baron or whatever of a region, you might change your name to the name of the region or to match your heroic deeds. So we, we just sort of changed names a lot. It was just a thing we did. We weren't really attached to them. <laughs> Are you related to Leif Erikson, Matt? I have no fucking clue, dude. I am. You, you are? are? Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. My my last name comes from, and it's it's been off and on, so like, there's been Jameson and Erickson was one of one of mine, but it's just super common. Um, but my last name, Christensen, comes from being descended from King Harold the Fair here because they they would make fun of him and call him the Christian King, and it was like a joke. <laughs> and so through the generations, it's changed here and there, but um, it kind of rotates between the same three and four. Well. I mean, like, I've started to become concerned because it's like the the main person who told me about my heritage, like when I was a kid, was my grandmother, and she died in 1997. And then my parents have told me a little bit here and there, and I've heard some other stuff from other family members. But like, as time goes on, more and more of these people who are telling me the fucking knowledge are dying, and it's like, you know, I I want to record some of this stuff. So I've been going to like Ancestry.com and I think it's FamilySearch.org and I've been like, you know, researching my ancestry, trying to find out as much as I can learn and I may be thinking about contacting other family members who I've never talked to before just to find out about like that side of the family, you know? Yeah. I was thinking Bergman, maybe you're related to um, Isabella Rossellini. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, like, like apparently my great grandfather's last name was actually Erickson and he changed it from Erickson to Bergman because he was in this like uh, Swedish colony in Wisconsin. He, he wanted to get and, into the and, hip synagogue and, 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 and all the mail was getting con Jewish. confused and he was trying to bang some Jewish chicks. So right. he was trying to bang some Jewish chick. Her, her last name was Schneiderman. Uh, <laughs> 
that's plausible. That's completely yeah. plausible. Well, and it's pretty possible too that Bergman really is in your family line somewhere. So he just went, "Oh, I'll just take my grandma's name." I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, it's impossible. I mean, it's like whatever, you know. Like, I, I just want to learn about it, you know. Yeah, it's a good idea. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, and it's kind of crazy to me that like my grandfather's like siblings had kids on the other side of the country, and I have no idea who they are right now. Yeah. Yeah. I I can relate to that. I mean, I I have like 109 cousins, and I don't necessarily know who all of them are. Right. Be very careful about checking IDs and last names. <laughs> don't want to hook up. <laughs> but yeah, you don't know any of them because they're across the country. That's crazy. So, um, number three on our topics tonight, I just wrote down James Babs. So what is that, James Babs? What were we talking about? Oh, um, I don't <laughs> know. Misadventures. Yeah, I've, got, I've had some, I have some epic adventures. Yeah, I'm cruising around out west right now. I'm currently broadcasting from... You're, you're in Colorado, right? Colorado in uh, Crested Butte, which it's a little too cute, honestly. It's, it's freaking adorable. Um, it's, you're adorable, James Babs. <laughs> <laughs> I came up here to find a trailhead and do this like beautiful hike. It was literally, I swear to God, this so like picturesque Alpine environment. I thought Julie Andrews was going to pop out. I like the sound of music <laughs> going through my head. This shit was the hills the wild flowers. I'm like, this is just too sound adorable. You know, music. it's freaking great. But last weekend uh, I was in Utah on the white rim road, which was a lot cooler. Dude, that and, sounds like way sexy, dude. Oh yeah, the, the in fact one of the features uh, on the White Rim Road is called the White Crack. Yeah. Oh shit, that sounds yeah. like hardcore. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But uh, it's like this weird uh, road that exists because of uranium mining that goes around this canyon and down in it, and uh, it's it's pretty sketchy. Like pretty good in a jeep, but I did it in a full size truck, so. Um, yeah, it was it was fine, but there were there were you know a few sketchy sections, but really incredible scenery in Utah. Um, and I was kind of glad I didn't like slide off the edge or you know made it back alive. But now I'm working my way back to Pennsylvania. Sweet. That's all I got going on. <laughs> I'm working, this is me working from home. Oh. Nice. And now that I'm in Colorado, I had to, of course, check out some of the, the local um, produce that's available. And uh, what, what does that mean, produce? <laughs> I tried out one of their stupid legal dispensaries. It was square as fuck. I swear to God. The guy checked my ID as I walked in. And then literally, I walked like, like six feet to the bud tender dude, and he answered my ID again, right? Wow. Like... First, they were like, made sure I was wearing my mask. Then the second guy to just get my ID within like three seconds. Now he needs me to remove my mask so he can make sure it's me on my goddamn driver's license. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> wow. Like, I'm just, I just came here to buy something like, you know, but these, these dances and rituals and, and IDs is like, oh, Jesus, like. I think we should need to go back to just just make it illegal again, right? Like I'd rather see a healthy black market 
in this cr- this crazy ass status bullshit and the whole thing everything's got its own container and a special label and it's tagged with this and stapled and this and and like all this excess packaging and like what the hell guys like like they couldn't even they could barely even function and like i'm trying to 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 read the labels on the different like products like the different waxes and um shatters and stuff and I'm, i want to see like the different thc levels but they're like they're like they're inside this case and i'm like do you have something i can read i'm like you know like can i see that and, he, and like uh, no but he held it he held it up under the glass so i could actually like read the small print on this stupid thing and i really like he's like well you know because of covid and all i'm like all right whatever I still had to read it, so I just left him holding it there. I'm like, how, I wonder how long he'll hold it. And I just slowly read, I mean, these long, complicated labels, you know, like, I'm like whatever, it's his stupid game. But um, eventually, you know, within five seconds, I was bored, of course. But um, it, a lot cheaper than Massachusetts. I'd say like half the price of Massachusetts recreational dispensaries. So, Have you guess, guys ever been to any of the weed lounges? Like... It's kind of like a bar, but there's weed. There's a few across the country now, but I think are they even allowed to? I'm in my weed lounge right now. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, was, I have a I have a mobile weed lounge. <laughs> Not that I'm confessing anything. I don't know anything that's done in a lounge aside from drinking is is just kind of lame to me. It's like it's like like going to like a hookah lounge. Like I'd rather just smoke hookah with some friends in a living room than get a, like a lounge where I gotta like buy this like hookah that a whole bunch of people have put their mouths on and you know. Right, know. fair enough. I don't know. I've been trying to. Or a cigar lounge, like who goes to a fucking? Yeah, that's cigar how I feel lounge. when I go to a brothel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like just get it, get it in your own home, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, did Matt pass out back there? Is he out for the count? <laughs> I don't know. Is he okay? I don't know what's happened. Ginger, what was the other thing that you had wanted to talk about? Uh, okay, so we were... Man, this is such a buzzkill after talking about weed. The ginger um, gene and your immortality. I want to I <laughs> know more about that. I know about How that. How do you survive? Okay. So I remembered what the other topic was, but we'll talk about that. So the oh, ginger okay. gene... Either one uh, you want is fine. When it when it comes to the the redheaded gene, um, it's actually on a different part of the genome than hair color. So anybody that you can see that they have red hair, they're probably actually kind of closer to being an albino. Is it true uh, <laughs> that red-haired people are like universally like feared? Yes. <laughs> yes it is and you know there's a reason for that because you can sleep with a blonde or you can sleep with a brunette but you never get any sleep with a redhead <laughs> now but, i mean now to me the, the idea of like um the like scottish scottish women i like this sort of like feisty scottish woman stereotype Right. Yeah, Scottish, Scottish women are fun. People often think I'm Irish, but I'm I'm actually Norwegian. But feisty Scottish women are fun. 
Now, would you say they're representative of the ginger gene or this? Yeah. You know, the, the ginger gene can be found all over the world in, in any ethnicity. It just happens to be the, the lighter your hair color, the more likely you're able to see that. So, actually, um, I, I actually have a part of my body that is ginger. That's most people. <laughs> well, what are you talking about, dude? What do you, Daz, oh, what do you mean, God. dude? Not oh that. <laughs> it's so, strange but true, but like, is that even possible that you can have one part of your body be ginger when the rest really isn't? No. Maybe it, I'll get a couple like reddish it, beard hairs, you know, but. I have a friend who gets like a very red beard, but his hair is not that red. His hair is more brown. Yeah, his just beard gets it, pretty red. Got, the gene, but the hair on his head is just darker, so that's why you... Could it be concentrated it. in your yeah. crotch? <laughs> I think probably your crotch hairs are just lighter than the hair on your head. <laughs> oh. Well, it could be the sun bleaching. Yeah. I mean, people always would ask me if the carpet matched the drapes, and I'd have to inform them that I don't have any carpet, but on occasion, I have had a, a nice juicy strawberry patch. <laughs> 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 Welcome to that. We we got to talking about this in pre-show because um, redheads often have trouble with um, medicines and and drugs affecting them differently, and so a lot of a lot of drugs just don't really work on me that you know like they should because of and your so like higher constitution and you're just your body's already just like fuck it i don't need any of this crap and it doesn't respond to i think it has to do with the low vitamin d and the serotonin levels so, so like do you take vitamin whoa. d supplement maybe i think i yeah, think I maybe, maybe you, those, you don't know if you take vitamin d yeah and, so and maybe take your, so your skin doesn't your skin doesn't produce vitamin d like a uh, like a non ginger yeah. Yeah, we don't produce enough, and so it means that our serotonins are usually a little lower, and our, our like 5-HTP and, and stuff like that is a little bit lower in your brain. So, like, when you go to do ecstasy, part of what happens with ecstasy is it builds up, like, it releases all of your, your happiness hormones at once, right? And so that's why you feel so great. And if you're somebody that only has this much, it's like happiness hormones in your body. It's just like, woo. <laughs> I see you get it all at once, but if you didn't have a lot, then, you know. <laughs> it's more like, yay. <laughs> Everybody else is having like the whole disco and you're just over here going. <laughs> Interesting. So so yeah, weed weed has never ever worked on me, which is super sad. Everybody looks like they're having a good time, but it's, it's a shame Isaac's not here as our as our pharmacological expert. <laughs> yeah, he could probably explain the whole thing, and and I kind of can. It's just it not in a way that's not boring. Eyes <laughs> would glaze over. So the closest, <laughs> the closest is the brief way in which I just explained it. It also means it's really hard to put us under anesthesia. So, like, for me, none of that works. Like, pain meds don't work and stuff. So, if I go to have, like, surgery, I, I had to learn – I had to do hypnotherapy for pain management in order to undergo surgery at 
and stuff like that. Okay, um, so, so what about guys, Vegas and guys. stuff like that? Is that part of the what? The ability to eat haggis? Like, I don't think a normal person haggis. would eat haggis. Wait, haggis. What is haggis? Haggis. It's, haggis. it's oatmeal and corn and vegetables, and they're all mashed up inside a lovely sheep stomach. And then you bake it. <laughs> and it, it takes good? a fair amount of courage, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, like, I just think of that movie, So I Married an Axe Murderer. Have you guys seen okay. that? <laughs> yes, I love that. Mike Myers. Yes, yeah, I think I still own it on VHS. I mean, and I'm not Scottish or anything, but I certainly tried haggis. Up here in Boise, <laughs> we have uh, we have like a Scottish festival that happens, and the Highland Festival, and they'll be so happy I plugged them since it's supposed to be going on like around now and isn't. <laughs> but you could try haggis there. You could even get haggis pops. Like it's Ooh. like a sucker, but it's haggis. Ooh. <laughs> now, had you uh, have you explored any of the traditional uh, Swedish foods? Yeah, and and actually, I'm I'm being Norwegian. There's a lot of traditional food that I really love and I grew up with that I didn't know people just didn't eat in their houses all the time <laughs> until I was an adult. I'm like, what? You've never heard of this? And I'm like, no. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> Smoked herring or what kind of stuff did you, what kind of stuff is yeah, it? That well, um, like we do things like the meatballs and there's the old ham and, and there's like the berry soup. There's berry soup. And, and then there's like, uh, some of the different alcohols, most people have only heard of mead, but there's a whole lot of different alcohols that we have. And, um, one fun uh, thing. More. Yeah, I want to know yeah. more. Yeah, that sounds One interesting. One fun thing is you take a bunch of berries and you mash them up and you leave them sitting out for a few weeks until they ferment. And, and you can decide, like, sometimes they'll not ferment it and give the same thing to kids. Um, but you ferment it, so you mash up the berries and you ferment it and you leave it in, like, a jar. And then when you go to drink it, you just pour, like, a soda over it. And it's booze. <laughs> I would and, definitely and, uh, try that. And what kind of berries are they? Um, usually just like stuff that they would have in Norway. So Norwegian berries. <laughs> and right. and so yeah, there's that. And we also have like a thing we do with, with cucumbers where you put like cream cheese on it and and fresh mint and you eat it that way like potato chips. Yeah. And yeah, and it is a super good flavor, like the whole flavor combination, because we kind of have a complicated food palette. And I didn't know people didn't eat this stuff. I had no idea. And we put cheese on everything. <laughs> so you get all of this food, and there's, there's, there's cheese on it. And, and people often are like, well, why did you cook this with cheese? And I'm like, don't you? <laughs> Isn't that the way you normally make this? <laughs> so yeah, I I like to try food from everywhere though, don't you guys? Like if I like yeah. a good adventure, so I want to try everything. Hell yeah, I'd eat whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, when I'm on tour, um, doing whatever it is I'm doing on tour, like whether it's with my band or um, maybe running a show or doing burlesque or something, um. I, or as a dominatrix, 
I will usually refuse to eat in like fast food places in the city that I'm in. I want to try whatever everybody eats locally because, and, and I'll even ask people that I'm hanging out with from that city, like, what are the places you like to go to? Like, not, don't show me the cool places. Where do you go? <laughs> Where do you actually go? And what do you actually eat here? And you'll come up with such good food obsessions. <laughs> it's, it's really great. But right now everything's closed. Like the whole country is canceled. So you can't have food adventures. I, I think you can. I, I mean, you can eat in you restaurants. Have to steal it. No, I've, I've been eating in restaurants. <laughs> I think most yeah, I've, are, I've, I mean, I've, eat, I've eaten in several restaurants, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I actually saw people, I went to a restaurant last night and there were people sitting at a bar talking to each other. <laughs> I miss that. I no, miss I haven't, people. all the restaurants I've been to haven't had bars open. But they yeah, have well, seating, they have, you can order alcohol, you can eat at dinner, you don't have to wear your mask while you eat, you know, it's, it's fine. I think bars are a really good thing because, and I've, I've definitely learned this through this whole ordeal is that if you're just drinking by yourself at home, you're more likely to drink yourself to death. <laughs> That's on the rise. Um, but if you go out to a bar, you're going to have a couple of drinks some people go out to get drunk and that's certainly a thing that happens. But a lot of times on your average day to day, you're just going to have a good time and mingle with some people, you know? And well, I think we need to see more just uh, speakeasies off the books. Hmm. Uh, you know, I've been wondering why there's no speakeasy. There might be. I just thought well, about them. Right. Maybe we're just not cool enough, but I think it's up. Oh, I think we start one. I think, I we think should, in some communities, James, there is, I refuse actually. to believe that you are not cool enough. Yeah. I mean, well, I think so, in the, uh, right. So listen to all the fans out there, please invite us to your speakeasy, please. Yeah. yeah. If you're in the Baltimore area, whatever, holler, I'll travel. Holler at your boy. I, I love Hell it. Yeah. I, I have a, so, um, <laughs> But I think this is this is what we need. We need to just we need an underground movement of people that are just like just fuck it. We're just going to live normally, and, and you guys want to be all freaked out or compliant or whatever over there. Fine, we're over here. You know, just going to be acting. I mean, I believe in practicing good sanitation and being careful, but I've believed in that before there was a pandemic, and some of that's just my licensing and training. Is yeah, that like, how about, how about wipe the tables regularly? Would probably do more to protect people from transmitted like viruses and bacteria than any other, any other stupid mask or whatever else they're doing. It would actually, we haven't pushed sanitation enough, and the countries that are over it that was the thing that I noticed most when I talked to my friends from other countries is they were pushing sanitation more, and so things would be constantly wiped down and cleaned, but they were like, it's not that different from normal because we always did that. And I'm like, we don't. <laughs> hey, they're like, well, look, we put the sign up in the bathroom that said employees must wash hands before returning to work. Like, yeah. that was their and commitment to sanitation. It's amazing to me how people don't wash their hands. Like, we live in a country where nine out of ten adults do not wash their hands after they poo. And uh, nine out of ten, seriously, where are you coming yeah. up? Uh, no, I'm, I'm curious. Um, 
I will have to pull that up for you, but I believe it's pretty well documented. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, it would be believable within the scope, but I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing it's more like 50%. Just I based on what I see in like, you know, like rest stops, you know, like as people are like, like leaving the restroom or whatever, you know, I, I'm guessing 50%, but who knows? I see a lot of non-hand washers out there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we live in a country where that's exactly what's going on. And yeah, wiping tables more regularly. Don't use the same dirty rag each and every time. You're supposed to bleach the towel and then wipe the table, but a lot of them don't. And you watch them go through and wipe every single table with the same rag. And that is real gross. <laughs> Whatever. If it, you know... At least it's an attempt. I don't even care. But I, I, what I really hate is the theater, you know, becomes so intrusive while actual things that can be done uh, are ignored and, you know, completely out of the question because people are so busy trying to comply, right? Like yeah. I went to this, I went to one restaurant, they had a separate outdoor, you have to order through this special window they set up. And you could barely hear the guy and he's like through this window down here. And you're like, like, you know, and uh, then you had to sit over there and they took out half the tables and then they would somehow you had to go pick up your food and like they couldn't just like you couldn't be in the restaurant normally. Like all yeah. of this, all of this extra stuff. Like, oh, exhausting, exhausting. And then, yeah, like then the tables are all disgusting. You know, yeah. I have to go find my own rag to wipe down the table myself because, well, we can't have staff going around because of COVID and stuff. So they just don't yeah. even know what the fuck they're doing. So anyway. No, you're right. A lot of it school, is just a Forget the theater and be sensible. Focus on sensible. Ignore the theater and sensible isn't that hard. I agree with you. Um, we're finding right now leading into one of the other topics because I've, I fully agree with you. The security theater is just as ridiculous as putting in all of the TSA at post 9-11 and everybody was all up in arms about we have to do that. And it has, I think there were statistics that it has actually worked in reverse, <laughs> that it actually made things worse. And I think we're finding that with COVID too, is that right now people are dying um, of a much greater rate than we would have lost people from COVID from diseases that were preventable before. So before we could have treated these things right. and people were not dying of these things and now they are. And I'm not talking about the stuff where it, it's comorbid with COVID. That was a hard thing to say. Anyway, <laughs> but I'm talking about like things like Heart disease, treatable heart disease is up at least almost 400%. Um, diabetes, treatable diabetes is up almost 400%. We have people dying of all of these suicides. We have people dying from murders, from um, a whole lot of domestic problems. We have people that are dying of so many things that they should not be dying from and we're losing them at higher rates than if we had just let the disease run their, run its course and done nothing. 
And, and that is so sad to me, but that is exactly what's happening. And you go in to get treated for a lot of things and the emergency rooms can turn you away and they do. If they do see, if they think you might have COVID symptoms, they will, they will maybe take you into a separate wing, but they often don't. They just send you home. Um, if they think you might have COVID symptoms and you're not coming in for that, you're coming in for something like you're actually right now dying of diabetes, um, they'll still send you home to die <laughs> and want you to take a test and then come back and some various things like that. Um, sometimes they're, they're sending you around to another wing, but a lot of times that's not even happening. And I observed this, I observed people being sent away from emergency rooms. Or Post people that just don't go in for their doctor's appointments. They or, don't go yeah. in for their exam. They don't go in for their test. They don't go oh, in for their yeah. scheduled treatment because it's oh. too much of a hassle because you don't yeah. want to run the gauntlet at the, at the, at the doorway. You know, it's like it's yeah. too intrusive, too, too, you know what? I'll just stay home. Fuck it. Like how no, many, it's hard enough to get people that to intrusive the doctor's office, right? And then you throw these extra layers of humiliation, nah, pass, you know, like. Yeah. Well, and a lot of places are now doing telehealth and they're not seeing patients in person. Um, that be, some, right. That could be a good, that could be a, a silver yeah. lining in some circumstances. Well, and that, that is great in some circumstances. When I wanted my birth control done, it was really great that I could just call Planned Parenthood and do a phone conference, you know, because um, that's a good place to get birth control pills. But when it was when it's time to have your heart checked and when it's time to be on monitors, that's not a good thing. And so a lot of people are waiting till the last minute to go in for things. They don't realize that these early onset symptoms Sometimes by the time you're feeling it, it's more dire than you think. And then when you go to be seen, you can't. You're having to call around everywhere to try to get in somewhere. Um, and not only that, since even a broken arm these days seems to be a COVID symptom, a lot of times they'll make you have a COVID test before you can be seen or well, along add, with being seen. Right. To add additional challenges, uh I tried to get appointment at my dentist for like regular, regular uh, cleanings or whatnot. Oh, all the uh, hygienists um, are making more money staying home. And like, like yeah. they, they only have one hygienist and they're t they were booking four months out for like regular cleanings and exams because of the uh, whatever stimulus was available was just made it uh, made it uh, not make sense for them to show up. So it's like the dentist yeah. is like, sorry, <laughs> really sorry. Yeah, we don't have anybody to help you and nobody nobody wants to treat you because they'd rather be home and that's understandable well, in a way. If, you know, what if I had a serious dental problem? What, you know, what if I, you know, what, what's the cost of, of thousands and thousands of people not getting their teeth cleaned? You know, additional cavities or to or t dental problems that weren't caught early, or you can die of tooth or, abscesses and you know knows, having right? various infections in your mouth. All, all we know is there's there's uh, infinite repercussions that no one would ever foresee when they start these sweeping um, dictates and closures, and and they have no way of predicting the the countless. 
um, ripples of disruption that they're causing. Well, and right now, and I think you're right, right now we have people that were, that are still saying we have to lock down or you're a murderer. Like they want to shout back and forth. Oh, you're picking and choosing who's going to live or die. But at the same time, aren't we though? Now we're stuck in a place where that's exactly what we're doing because they can either die of COVID or they can die of heart disease. They can die of COVID or they can die of alcoholism. They can die of COVID or they can die of diabetes. We're not managing this very well. And maybe the answer isn't necessarily to just open everything up. Maybe it is. But if, if it's not to open everything up, then the people that want things locked down need to address all of these other deaths. Well, what, if we just, what if we address both sides by offering a choice and saying, look, if you, wanna, if you want lockdown and, and masks and whatever, that is your choice. If you don't want that, that is also your choice. And let people live their lives however they want. And if they don't want to mingle, that's fine too. Like somebody can make a lot of money with like, we've got the super sterile bar and we spray everyone with, with, right. uh, with Clorox every 13 seconds. Like, um, you know, fine. Somebody's into that. Great. Somebody else like, you know what? I'm just, I kind of just want to sit at the bar with my friends and drink some beers. That bar's over there. Choose, right? Is that is this so crazy? And and people can assume the risk that's appropriate to them individually. If you go to the bar that people are acting normally, you know, like everyone else there, assuming a certain level of risk. And and uh, why 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 is that so crazy to try to live that way? It's I don't think that it is, and I think people forget that we sold these lockdown measures as a means of not overwhelming the hospitals. And which are a lot of them are just not open. <laughs> and so people have, we were sold these lockdown measures again as a means of not overwhelming and overstaffing the hospitals. We did not sell the lockdown measures to say that we were trying to prevent everybody from getting COVID. They said at the beginning, we, this is not what this is for. And yet people all determined that's what it was for. It was never for that. It was to keep from overwhelming the hospitals. And yet we're still all locked down and it's not to overwhelm the hospitals. Now everybody's like, oh, well, but the disease isn't over. So we, should, we have to force everyone to stay in lockdown now. That, that's not how well, this. Just like the threat of terrorism will remain yeah. indefinitely as well. Like, like once they come up yeah. and you're not, you can't just let it go too quick. Oh, yeah. Well, why would they ever let go of the power that they've they've learned to hold? And especially when this gives them the opportunity for all of these money grabs, like we were talking about with the landlords at the beginning of the show. Right now we can now we can grab up all of this land back up and then turn around and resell it. And and make all of this more money. We saw the biggest redistribution of wealth with the stimulus package than I think we've ever seen in history, as far as I recall. I mean, and, we're talking trillions and trillions, right? I mean, uh, the numbers were just uncomprehensible. Un yeah, and now now people can just sit and, and beg for socialism so that they can be handed a cut, you know? And it, it sounds all well and great to people sitting at home, like, yeah, pay my rent. Yeah, make it so I can't be evicted. Yeah, I, I definitely want the food. And 
I understand the place that they're in because if you starve people enough, they will do anything to get the food well, and have what, their basic needs met. How about this? Uh, landlords out there continue to be landlords because people are going to need places to rent. But but uh, demand Bitcoin in payment. Get paid in Bitcoin <laughs> for rent and don't answer any paperwork with the city about residency or whatever. Don't play their game. They're the, they're, they're the ones that, that have, have tried to destroy your business. So it's time to just ignore them and continue to provide housing to the people that need it and use, and use crypto. Um, really brilliant. How else can we move forward here? Yeah, well, and reminding people that they, they really should, if you have a landlord that's cool, fucking pay your rent. Um, I, when I bought a house, that's exactly what I did. I, I found a place with a mother-in-law apartment in the back and a one bedroom apartment in the basement. And I turned around and rented that out to make my house payment. And, and I did it on a seller carry cause I'm super libertarian like that. Right. On a what? <laughs> on a seller carry. That's where the, the seller will, you can make payments directly to the owner of the house instead of through a bank. Um, and so, it took me, instead of the normal 30 years it might take to pay off a house, it took me 10. Um, and I made sure the rent was super cheap. I was really cool to the tenants. A lot of them were friends and people I knew. Um, and this was just my way of being able to buy that house because I wasn't independently wealthy. And so that is the thing I did. A lot of landlords out there are doing similar things, not necessarily the seller carry part, but in order to be able to purchase this house, I'm going to go ahead and rent some rooms here, you know, but or I'm going to rent funny the way landlords are like, are like taken aside to be this demonized, you know, like they don't do anything yeah. and they get yeah. paid and, and rent is that. I mean, it cracks me up. I tried to suggest to these people that wanted to do the rent strike. I'm like, this is a great idea, but let's go even further. What other bills can we, can we stiff people? Like, Let's run out of the restaurant without paying. Like after you order the food, like just run out because they're greedy capitalists. <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's like, what it comes down to. Some right? people I think would. <laughs> right. But these, these, yeah, are the I mean, people, it's, these are the same people that, that share memes that's, that like condone shoplifting or stealing from work and that kind of, that kind of person. Well, yeah, they do. Well, they, I mean, they are, they are consistent in the fact that they do not believe in private property. It's true. It's just like, you know, you know, whatever you can snatch is yours. Yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. I mean, property is, is violence. Property is theft is what they, what they say. Right. So if you, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with you just stealing whatever you can in their well, eyes. So. so very narcissistic, isn't it? What's mine is mine and what's yours is mine too. And if you, if you re refuse and you say no, I'm going to scream and throw. Well, it's a just it's just using ra yeah, it's using rationalization to to cover up those things that you mentioned, right? It's just well, they also have some interesting keywords that they use, like there's personal property and private right. property, right? Like you know, like, ooh, what's the difference? Like like humana 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 private. Well, it kind of goes back to what Ginger was talking about with the with the sort of I mean, I don't know about neo socialists and socialists, but I know there are. You know, there are there are some people that will say like, okay, personal property doesn't extend to like having, you know, multi-storied, uh, you know, apartment complexes or whatever. 
I mean, in my mind, it's it's all property. But well, they they have no idea where to draw the line. Right? Well, they, that's the problem: is they where do you draw the recognize line? Recognize that it's completely arbitrary. It but is it completely. Turns out, you know where they always draw the line is private property is the, like your property and rich people's property. Personal right. property is their property. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, whatever they already have is personal property. What they want from you is private property. Hey, guys, guys, we've about run out of time. Okay. Now, now like, before we end here, though, I want to bring up, uh, we were supposed to have another person on tonight, and her name is Tiffany Oliveras. And she's a longtime uh, listener of the podcast and a participant in Punk Rock Libertarians. And she hit me up a few days ago. And she was asking me if I could, I could call attention to, uh, you know, if I could call to action people who could possibly volunteer in helping the cleanup of Hurricane Laura. And, uh, oh. yeah, so right now it sounds like she's tremendously affected by this. Um, Where is this? I mean, dude, is she in Louisiana? Honestly, I don't have, a, I believe so. Like, I don't have a lot of information on it. She was going to come on tonight and talk about it and tell us about it. Well, let's get her on another time and hear about it. Or yeah, I mean, um, oh, yeah, yeah uh, we're possibly going to have her on pretty soon. So, uh, but um, at, at any rate, I mean, maybe, you know, if you're listening to this and uh, if, if you've got some time in your hands, a lot of people do right now during COVID, maybe you can do what you can do to help out, you know? So uh, it sounds pretty crazy down there. It sounds like the water's off and the power's off, and it's pretty nuts. Yeah. So well, um, it's for voluntary. So <laughs> if you're a real libertarian, you do volunteer for things when you can. Right. You know. So um, I I just wanted to like fucking plug that real quick. You know. And uh, also. Let's get, yeah. Let's get those details so we can. You know, I, mean, I think most people will be more inclined to donate if they know it's going directly to somebody that we can trust to get it applied right. You know, so yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Tiffany is going to is going to be on the podcast soon, so we'll we'll definitely have her on to talk about it. But um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there, you know, because um, nice. it just seems like something that that we should talk about. Also, we have uh, t-shirts over at libertariancountry.com. If you type in the code PRL, you receive a ten percent discount. If you spend $50 or more and use the code PRL2, you'll receive a 20% discount. This podcast is brought to you in part by Conversations About Freedom Podcast, hosted by Moral Bob. Until next time, live free or die. You can't justify killing by economic gain For God, country, and democracy You can put freedom and death point in a fine land You support the troops that bring them home I believe the jokes will do the best for you And I believe that we have the power Have the power I hate the state And I know I'm a slave We can make a break